Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to another fine episode of the Knife Talk podcast. This is a show where we, it's in the title, we talk knives. We answer questions, we give each other a hard time, we try to have a laugh or two. And we usually like to kick it off with a kind of checking in. You want to kick us off, Jeff? You've had a pretty pro- uh, productive week, my friend. I would say that this is the craziest, the busiest week, the busiest week in a long time. And and uh, I'm uh, I'm. Last week was great, but this week I got, I got every, I got thirty knives finished, and I just just got back from the post office. They're all finished in the mail. Thirty knives down, thirty to go. So thirty to go. Starting Monday, I got to keep. Oh wow! I got. <laughs> Yeah, we're. I thought. I thought, this is gonna be easy. And then all of a sudden, I started writing down the list of what I'm gonna start on a Monday. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm just like, I just scratched the surface, which is great. So you know, how like are you the, doing that? The, are you sort of grinding all thirty, then you know, doing them, you know, in steps like that, or one-offs? Yeah. How you, yeah. Okay. It's cool. Yeah, I do everything at the same time. So all the profiling the same day, all the drilling, all the file work. Heat treating the grinding. So I got a question for you. Yeah. When you finish big shoot. batches like that, do you do you do anything to celebrate? Obviously, you're not drink, drinking currently, but do you like throw back a bottle of kombucha or something like that, or or just kind of kind of like demarcate like you just got all those knives done? Like I feel like that's a big deal. Like it's, you do it a lot. It's a but big deal. It's it's something we're celebrating. It's a right? big deal, but I don't really, you know, I I, I just. I'm I every day I'm very fortunate. So sure. this week particularly it was my uh, 20th anniversary with my wife. Yeah. So we had a blast. Congratulations. We had a nice little actually we didn't have a nice time because I had to go to an eye doctor and I got my eyes dilated. Oh, so I was walking around the house at night with sunglasses on. And you know the old expression, <laughs> the only people who walk inside with sunglasses are blind people and assholes. So <laughs> I was the asshole for the night. And then um yeah, I tell you, the, the the best story of the whole week was uh, I got a call from a friend of mine 
a text from a friend of mine saying that there's somebody down the street in the same town that has who inherited a building and then in the build like a shop and they it was a wood shop sculpture a little tiny shop it wasn't like a big metal shop and they have an anvil and they wanted to know if i could help sell it and i said well send me a picture what it looks like so they sent me this picture and it was it was like it was a the picture was terrible and you know these are not blacksmiths they don't know what to look for so it was basically an anvil with a with a tape measure from the 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 nose to the the heel just like and it, it looked, it, for the picture, it looked terrible. So mm-hmm. I sent a, I sent the picture to my buddy Jesse Savage, and Jesse said, "Oh, that's a Peter Wright anvil, and you know what?" And I said, "Well, what do you think it's worth?" And he goes, "Yeah, you know, here would be the forged and f- fire price, you know, because the prices of everything is because of forged and fire are just out of control." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Here's a re- here's a relatively reasonable price," and then he says, "And I would knock a hundred dollars off." So I gave this dude, I said, listen, I'll, I'll take the anvil. Be- I'll, I love the anvil because I don't have a Peter Wright, and I love a Peter Wright. Sure. And I said, and I gave him the reason why I gave him the price. I was like, yeah, this, the corners are bad. And he wouldn't send me any other pictures. And I said, yeah, i give you this. I'll take it. I'll take it off your hands. I got a blacksmith shop. We'll, I'll fix it up. I'll use it. But, I mean, it's not, there's so much work that needs to be done. He says, great. Come by tomorrow. I'll pick it up. So went over to the house. Very lovely family. And, um. We go in. He's like, do you know how to carry these things? I'm like, yeah, I brought a can truck with me. I said, this is not a big deal. It's a 156-pounder. Oh, and we baby. open the door, and I look at it, and I meet, I immediately look at it and be like, I'm about to rob somebody because it was really nice. Oh, not shit. really nice, <laughs> but it was way more. It was w- worth – but they sent me bad pictures. Yeah. yeah. They, it was worth way more than what I offered them, but they didn't know. And I looked at it, and I was like – I'm about to mug a couple people right now, and <laughs> we talked. We had a nice conversation. They were happy that it was going to go to a great, pl- a nice place. And the owners of the building, actually, and this is like, you know, I'm old, so you guys are going to get an old story. There used to be this cart, this puppet in comedy named Lamb Chop, and it was this woman. I don't remember the name of the woman. It was a comedian, yeah. and she had this little sock puppet, and she, it was she had this little sock puppet with. It was lamb chop, and she'd make this little noise, lamb chop. Well, the woman who owned the anvil and the woman who ha- they inherited the anvil from made the sock puppet lamb chop. So I'm now going to call this Peter Wright lamb chop. Right. And then um, <laughs> one <it>. little <laughs> kind of neat thing was is I had seen I had seen all the, um, you know, the pictures, the f- base, the base was all chewed up. It looked like. It, I just like just couldn't understand it. Like it, I couldn't understand why it was so chiseled. There were so many punch marks. It wasn't like abuse, like abuse, like you know, like it was chained down and it got moved around a lot. It was like very systematic abuse, chisel marks, center punch, punch marks. And I started to, I was like, God, I don't understand. I've seen anvils like this, and I never understood why. And I sent a message to Jesse. I said, well, What do you think this is? So it was really interesting. He says, Well, that's what metal workers um tool makers used to do people who would make um chisels and punches what they would do is they would t- they'd heat treat the chisels and the punches and then they would test it on the f- the soft base of the anvil so you'll mm. see forged anvils not it's then it's not cast anvils it's forged anvils so a forged anvil has got a softer waist and a softer base and if you see ones that have been like really hit with clearly center punches and chisels mm. these were tool makers who were using it so at one point this was used by a bunch of tool makers which is really kind of neat nice off to check and then out. uh we I have had a peter right too part yeah well that's how you can almost i think that's probably one of the ways you can tell if a, an anvil is cast or not because cast 
cast bases, you can't really do that. You know, but in a forged antler, I, mean, I might be wrong, but it, but it was interesting because I've seen so many animals where they're like, why are they beating these things up so much? Who would do that? And it was like these tool makers. So that was pretty neat. And um, yeah, and it was cool. And he, um, Jesse was able to say that it was built, it was made around 1910. And it was because it had this stamp of England. It was made in Peter Wright. It, the Peter Wright was bought by another company. And then it was... It was made in England, and every and at the time, the Queen wanted everything stamped with England on it that was being exported. It was, it was really neat. So nice. that was kind of like the kind of interesting part of the week. Nice. And I don't feel guilty about mugging these people. P.S. <laughs> that was my because question. Because yeah. I'll tell you why. <laughs> They're perfectly nice people. I have no. I don't know really much more to say about it than that. But they said that they were from Brooklyn. But when I asked, I said, "You, you were born and raised in Brooklyn." This is what people do. When they, they've lived in Brooklyn, New York, for, I don't know, I don't know what the timeline is. It could be for a week. You always say you're from Brooklyn. Well, the wife was from, you know, Montreal. The husband was from, you know, Baltimore. You're not from Brooklyn. But they said we're from Brooklyn, and I felt like, all right, I'm, you know, I don't feel so bad. It's a cool factor So why there. Brooklyn? Why, why, why are people saying this about Brooklyn? Is it a cool place? What's, what's the... It's cool. Yeah, people who move... That's the expression is I moved up from Brooklyn. Right. You know, when I introduce myself, I never say I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Manhattan. But, and my wife is from Wisconsin, but she lived in New York for, you know, 20, 26 years. Hmm. So, like, but we don't say we're from Brooklyn. We lived in Brooklyn for like three years, but don't say I'm from Brooklyn. You yeah, know, it's just, right. but it's very funny because these people who move to New York, if they move, if they move to Queens or Staten Island, they don't say that they're from Staten Island. <laughs> They say from because it's not as cool as saying you're from Brooklyn. Yeah, Makes so sense. it's obnoxious. So I, I gave him a real price <laughs> and mugged him. We got you. We got you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're from Brooklyn. They know how to be mugged. You know. <laughs> Morocco, your week then. What's been going on? Uh, my week has been pretty low key actually. Uh, it's just been a bit of forging and trying to be good about taking care of my back and making sure I'm kind of babying things. Uh, not stressing it out too much. Been pretty good about and consistent about stretching, whatnot. I've been working. Actually, Jeff, I've been working on that book, listening through it, and I finished it. And then I realized that the book that I, because you sent me a link directly to the book, which was perfect. And I read through the thing and the description. And then usually in in the Audible app, it offers like down below other books that you might be interested in. So before even buying it, I started hopping around and looking at all the different kind of books and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go back and get the book. I get the book, I listen to the thing, and it's like an eight-hour book or something like that, and then I look at the title again, and I realize it's the same author, but this the book I listened to was a follow-up to the one you sent me, so yeah. I actually clicked the I clicked the wrong book and listened to the wrong book. Fortunately, he's, in Audible, you can return it, and so I returned it, and I got the oh, other book. Good. Uh, but the is, the book is, I listened yeah. to was basically like Sorry. a bunch of case studies, basically kind of verifying his 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 system or his processes, um, you know that he came up with for all the back stuff. But so that's yeah. going good. And how has the I back ended up been getting a number? Sorry, go on, Jeff. I was going to say I ended up after this. It was Doctor Sarno's books. I got a number of messages 
saying they read Dr. Sarno's books mm. and it's really, really helped them. So I'm nice. really, I'm, I'm getting, I mean, probably four or five people reached out to me to say that that was a really good recommendation. So I hope it really helps. Cool. And it's, if you don't have to like go to like a knuckle cracker in a strip mall, I mean, well, we all win, right? <laughs> I and like Amazon affiliate links. You need to get on, you need to get onto <laughs> that, Jeff. Yeah, we got to get Audible as a sponsor for the show. Yeah, they do every other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how how has the back been this week anyway, Mark? The back has been good. The back's been good. Oh, cool. A little good. tight, but nothing nothing painful. Um, so I just good. Just been trying to take care of stretching it, and all, again, like not taking it too hard or, or trying to move heavy things, which I have a tendency to just grab something and try to move it. Um, hmm. And uh, that being said, I did pick up a new oven off the side of the road. Talk about shitting up your shop with crap. <laughs> but it's like some people down the street, a few blocks down, we're doing a remodel. And this is like a kind of, it's probably from like the early 90s. It still works. It's just they're replacing with like some brushed stainless steel or something like this. It's like an old white Frigidaire. Um, and it's crazy. It's got like the big oven. Then it's got like a small little side oven. And then four burners on top. But I've, I actually really like having, I've had uh, ovens in the shop before. Especially when I was in Connecticut and then my shop before this, um, um, before I moved to Connecticut, I had an oven. And it's just handy for heating stuff up or baking mm-hmm. stuff off or warming up lunch or whatever you got. You yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, um, my week. Um, I'm preparing to go to back to Wales on Sunday. We're driving through the night on Sunday. So it's been a lot of um, getting knives out, um, getting them finished and out. I've got a bunch that I'm taking back to the UK with me to post from there for those in the UK as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been all hands on deck. Um, my wife, has uh, she's had the kids virtually all week, so she's been out and about with them, and we've had some nice weather and so on. So, so it's been nice to have some you know, quality time here in the shop. So, yeah, so that's all good. Um, I've been thinking what I'm going to do when I'm in the UK because I've got 10 days of... Well, basically, self isolation where I can't go out even out of the house, you know. Um, and I had to have my COVID test today, and it was one of the the old school early ones where they take it right up your nose and scrape a bit of your brain out, you know. Ah, it was the worst. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I've been thinking, what am I going to do while I'm in the UK for all this time? And um, I was looking through a few emails, and I've had a few, quite a few recently from customers saying, you know, what's the best way to look after this knife? Or, you know, where could I go for some good sort of knife cutting techniques and all that kind of thing? And I generally send them to YouTube. There's a Jamie Oliver video where he shows different techniques for using a chef knife and so on. Um, and I thought, well, why don't I combine both of these? So like, almost like a, a manual for one of my knives. Which I can send with all the knives, which shows you how to how to look after the knife and some basic tips, that kind of thing. Um, and I thought, well, I've got ten days doing nothing, so why don't I turn this into a bit more of a sort of a book kind of thing? Um, and my mind just started racing, and before you know it, I was like, yeah, I, this is it. I'm going to do a book. Um, so I've gone through a number of titles already <laughs> within two days, um, but we've settled on today. It's, it's going to be called the Chef Knife Handbook. Um, so anybody who buys a knife from me will get the book bundled in with it. And it's going to be, you know, the, the care guide for the knife as as well as these, you know, tips and so on. Um, but I'll also have it for sale as well separately. And so anybody can go on and, and buy the book. And it'll have, you know, ISBN number, a barcode. It'll be available on Amazon as well. But anybody who does buy a book from me, it's going to come, you know, straight with them as well. As, you know, as a 
it's a, it's a nice sort of side thing with the book, but also it's got some valuable information on looking after the knives and so on. But it won't be specific to my knife. It'll be, you know, chef knives in general. So, yeah, so I am going to be busy. There's 10 days where I thought I'm not going to have much to do. Um, I'm going to have a lot to do, which is which is pretty cool. So I've already come up with the uh, the title of the book, a rough synopsis of various chapters. Um, I've got some some weird dude is going to do some illustrations for me um for the for the book jeff thank you very much um so jeff's going to be the illustrator for the book with his that sort of signature style of his of the watercolors and so on so it's going to be cool so um it's going to be called go chop um and it's going to tell it's going to be the chef knife handbook it's gonna yeah the chef knife handbook is like the strap line to it but it's, it's gonna That's be called go, it's gonna be called go chop it's gonna be called go chop but then the chef knife handbook is well what what is it it's it's the chef knife handbook that's what that's what it is so um so yeah I'm gonna be very busy I'm really looking forward to it and uh, yes I've already done a lot already um just over the last two days um yeah it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be I think it's probably gonna be aiming for around about three hundred pages. Um, and, wow. a, and a smallish book that'll fit oh in the packaging that I, that I already have for my chef knives. So it'll, it, it, it'll be a nice little package then. When you get a knife, you'll have this whole package of how to use it, you know, some techniques and extra bits and pieces. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. 300 pages? What yeah. do you have in there? <laughs> Lots of, of blank pages. <laughs> yeah. So, so I put something All up on All of a sudden, I'm like, how many goddamn pictures do I have to draw? <laughs> I, I put something me, up I'm on... Like, oh, my God, 300 pages. What the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> I put something up, just like a rough version of, of the cover um, on Instagram because I got excited. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need to show people what I'm, what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and Ben Snow replied. He said, well, if it's, if it's all about techniques and cutting, he said, just have them all as blank pages. And, you know, the first thing is, you know, cut this paper. If he doesn't cut this paper, go back to page one, and, yeah, which is quite cool. So it might, it might have some blank pages at the, at the end, just as some practice lines for cutting, maybe. That's funny. Uh, That's really funny. Uh, Grateful Knives in the chat has just said he's followed our example and he's bought an even heat, which is good to hear. So this may be a good time for us to hear. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Thank you, Brian. And also, you can get a, a discount on your Even Heat, which I hope Grateful Knives did do. Um, by going to uh, Soul Ceramics, and if actually if you use the, the URL knifetalk.net forward slash heat, it'll take you automatically to Soul Ceramics, and it'll apply the discount, which is $75 and free shipping in the UK. And they can spec out your even heat exactly how you want it, whether you want the 110 or the 240, one with the extra long chamber, whatever, whatever you want, they'll be able to make it for you, and you can get that discount. So that's knifetalk.net forward slash heat, or just simply click the link in the description to this podcast or video, wherever you're watching. A couple things I, I also said that noticed. whole oh. link. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to give you props, Jeff, because uh, I don't think, was it, the we talked about, oh wait, you, we did talk about Lynn's uh, thing being in Blade magazine in, in your images. We That's, didn't. Oh, we did I had no idea. I had no idea. Okay. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Tell me about it. What did you yeah, think when you so heard about it? I got a, I got a message from Lynn Ray. Last week we were talking about how uh, Neil Camamore was on the cover of, of Blade with John Ariani's hammer, which was like a big deal for, you know, we know the guys. And we know Steve Schwarzer. We know Jason Knight. We know those guys. Happy for these guys. And then all of a sudden I get a message 
from Lynn Ray says, your watercolor that you did for me is in the inside. And I was like, what? And he sent me a picture. <laughs> and I was like, that is so cool. So he, they did a whole piece on him, and he explains how to do the X-ray forge blacksmith knife. And he used – I did this drawing for him a, uh, a couple years ago, and I said to him, I'm like, this is for you. I'm just glad – that I just like the fact that you're out there. I don't want any money. He said to me, he's like, what are you going to charge? I said, I'm not going to charge anything. I did one for the New England School of Metalwork. I did one for a few other whoa, people. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Let's stop here a second. So you're not charging for your illustrations now. Is that what you're telling me? Those. Those. <laughs> I, that's because, wait a second. You got 300 pages. Whoa, whoa. You don't think you did 300 free fucking drawings. Listen to me. <laughs> well, it was because it was the, for them. I'm joking. God I'm damn joking. you. I am, am I joking. Gonna, <laughs> You got me there. You almost had me. If you kept on going, all of a sudden I'm like, Hillary, what are you up to, Jeff? I'm 300 pages to go. How much are you getting paid? Nothing, because I'm a stupid. But, um, yeah, so it was really cool. And, and Lynn was super you – know, dude, I mean, guys like Lynn Ray, Steve Schwarzer, these guys are treasures. And what Lynn does, if you really – Ray Knives – He's so innovative. He's, he blurs the line between bladesmith and blacksmith, and it's such an innovation. It was really like – it was an honor, and the fact that he just submitted that was such an honor to me. And I actually said, I, I said, all right, fuck it. I'll get a subscription to Blade Magazine, and then I sent a message. If you, if, if you want to get a copy of Blade Magazine, you can reach out to them, and they'll send you one. you got to pay for it. But, yeah, so yeah. I, got, I got a couple copies. So I'm super nice. pumped about it. I was very, I was very honored, very honored. Cool. And I think it's Blade coming up as well, isn't it, in, in just a few weeks? Sure is. Sure is. Oh, I just wanted to tell you about Evenheat. I got a message from Nick Anger, and he wanted the whole kit and caboodle about about uh, Soul Ceramics. So I gave him that s- situation because uh, he might be uh, getting one, another one, or sending one to the CM- CMA or something like that. So. Cool. Good to hear. Good to hear. Shall we do the main part of the show? Hey, man. Can I ask you a question? Morocco. Do you want to take that first question? Yeah. This first one is from Josh Scott, our boy. Where's he at? He's in Iowa? No. Ohio. 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 One of those. One those of are those. close. Yeah. Iowa and Ohio are very easy to switch around. I don't think that there's anyone would blame you. Uh, he says, you're each success- successful in your own right. So what's one thing that contributes to that success? Josh Scott knives out. Hmm. Jeff, you successful, sexy man, you. What What do you... <laughs> number one, you can't start patting yourself on the back. That's number one. So I don't do that. Like, when you ask me if I celebrate, no, I didn't celebrate at all. Um, I, I think it's very, very important to be disciplined. And <laughs> you've got to throw out hope. Hope has got to go. No frills. You have to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> Fucking no <laughs> frills. No, don't you just at, get back to it and, you know, don't, you know, rest on your laurels and you got and talk is cheap. You got to do what you say. If you say it, you got to do it. And I feel very strongly about like, you know, the you know, you got to like gotta do whatever it takes because they're everyone's rooting against you. You got to like, well, some people are rooting against you. You got to prove them wrong. A little spite's good. Yeah. So that's yeah, just. So, so bear that down to uh, one sentence. So just oh, crack on, head spite, down, you know, and be disciplined. Is it? And and en- enjoy the spite. Right. Make <laughs> them pay for their. Make them pay. That's the other. <laughs> um, 
I'd say, and it's something that the three of us have in common, um, the three of us have wives that are not only supportive, but, um, well, yeah, massively supportive. Um, but certainly in my case, I couldn't be doing this if it weren't for my wife um, really bringing in the money because <laughs> because I'm not bringing in that much money, just making knives. Um, and also just, you know, helping out with a lot of the admin work and that kind of thing. And I know <clears throat> Mareko's wife does a lot with him as well. So behind every sort of knife maker, I think you need somebody to back you up. You know, you can't do it all. Um, so I think the three of us are really fortunate in that respect. Um, what else? I, I'd say, again, the th- something the three of us have in common, I'd say the three of us are sort of creative outside of making knives in some way, you know? We're, we're, we're always sort of doing other stuff. So I think we maybe got that mindset of, you know, we need to be making stuff. Um, and I think if you've got a an office job and you make your first knife on a weekend and you think, oh, maybe this is my new career... Um, if you're only making knives, you know, seven or eight hours a day with no other outlet, I think it could get to the point where you're no longer enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, I'd say make sure that it's not your your complete life and you've got something else on the go. So you, so you do enjoy it. You know, to me, it's still... Jeff's going to roll his eyes now, I can see. To me, it still feels like a hobby. It doesn't feel like work to me. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and um, And I think that's... That's why I'm still. I wouldn't say I'm successful, but I said, that's why I've stuck at it for this long. You know, um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Mareko, what's your what's the secret to your success? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that helped me kind of gain a bit more traction was I, you know, I think the work that I was I'm doing is good and all, but I think what really helped me gain traction was that um, that I, I'm, I'm kind of accidentally became a resource for people at first um you know i started through my instagram posts i was trying to show you know my process because what would happen at shows so often was that um people would be walking by my table they would see what was on my table and they'd be like wow that price point like why is it so expensive for just a chef's knife and i could have just told them you know it's basically the same amount of work as a fucking bowie knife it's just in the form of a chef's knife, but I went through and I was explaining everything, and then I realized, you know, if if I did this, so it's your charm then. That's yeah, why exactly because of your charm. <laughs> <laughs> I realized if I I start uh, if I explain some of this stuff through my social media, that it would help kind of shortcut that conversation, kind of nip it in the bud in a way. And what happened, which I didn't really think about, is that. While I was trying to inform my potential customers who would find me through social media, um, I, what I was also doing was helping other makers. And it was through becoming a resource in a way. Makers started following me. They were sharing my posts with other makers. People were asking a lot of questions, having conversation. And so it was kind of, I think, what lent to my has lent to my success and continues to lend to my success is being a resource and and a, and helpful to the community uh, of bladesmiths and knife makers, like we're doing right yeah. now. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a question from the from the chat that we've had, and it's from um, Solid Snake twelve twenty nine. My daughter, who's eleven, has said she thinks the knife making looks interesting and she'd like to try. I don't have my Ford setup yet, um, but what would be a good way to ease her into it and keep her interested? Um, 
I think just another Ben also in the chat has come up with with a good response there. Um, get a knife making kit to start with. Mm. Um, so I think USA Knife Maker and there's a bunch of others that you'd be able to buy a kit from sure. where you literally just assemble in the knife. Yeah. And Great you idea. know, the, if, you know, if I was eleven and I did that and I had this finished sort of product in my hand, I'd be thinking I was top dog. You know, I think that was amazing. So, um, yeah, a knife kit maybe maybe that's a good way to go. Um, Aside from that, just start with, I don't know, six, eight hundred layer Damascus to begin with. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Jeff? Getting getting kids involved and that kind of thing, you know, how could you do it if they're showing some sort of interest? Um, I like your idea, you know. I know Jan Supply and um, USA Knife Maker, like you said, they have knives that are already you know, heat treated and ground and with an edge, um, get some handled material. I, I wonder, I, you know, I get nervous about like, you know, I, my kid, I, I like backed off in terms of what I, you know, what she wanted to do. Like I let her get into it. So I, I would go as easy as possible. Somebody wrote, uh, Paulus Jankuis may say made a wooden knife. That's a great idea. You know, I did that for my nephews. I made, uh, I carved some wooden knives, and that was a lot of fun, and it was, like, kind of a neat way. And we, we made the knife, and then we made the handle scales, and, you know, it was out of wood, and that was a kind of a neat way to, you know, something else was safe. You know, mm. you're not gonna, I'd, I would say to my, every, every my two nephews, they're brothers, and I would make, every, they, I made them a wooden knife for each of them for their birthdays, and I write on the note, happy birthday, don't cut off your brother's wiener. <laughs> and they like that. So every time they want, they want every time. Now, now I have to like, you know, now I have to write on the notes. Don't, you know, don't hurt your brother's wiener is kind of how Uncle Jeff rolls. And Makes a lot of sense. Weird Uncle yeah. Jeff. <laughs> Miraculous. They love it. They love don't, they love wiener talk. Those kids are just like, yeah. <laughs> don't There's worry. I'm not going to cut off my brother's wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Marekko, you you take your kid into the shop quite often. I know you get involved with little bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, any suggestions there? Yeah, I think. I mean, at his age, it's just about kind of exposing him to making stuff. We do woodworking. We don't really do a whole lot of metal, though. He's helped me forge on some metal things, um, just like with my little whatever, like twelve ounce ball peen hammer, um, and uh, just that has been a really cool way to kind of introduce him to making stuff. And at home he builds with like Duplos and Legos and all kinds of whatever blocks he can get his hands on. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's super creative. And so it's nice to give him an outlet, but if he wanted to, I don't know. I think, I think there's an opportunity actually for kids, you know, kids used to do have like newspaper routes. Right. And nowadays, um, I, I think, there's an opportunity for kids to, it's like, if they really want to start getting a knife making, you know, a knife isn't really very useful unless it's sharp. And learning how to sharpen is a lot more accessible these days, especially with some of the machines or these kind of like fixed jigs that clamp the blade and you just have like the stone, the, the Dynabrade stone or whatever those are called. Uh, and, and sharpen a knife. And I, I could see a kid turning that into like, you know, they go around and pick, basically like a, a news a paper route but pick up knives sharpen them either there or bring them home and then take them back and do a delivery thing but a sharp knife is super super useful and you don't have much of a knife unless it's sharp and it's also very especially with some of those fixed sharpening systems 
um, where the blade's not moving, you're only actually like moving the stone to sharpen the knife. It's this very kind of safe way to get the kids interacting with the knives and, and teaching them something that's really perp- or, like necessary for ultimately making a good knife. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Good one. Um, I'll take it in the chat that we've had from Instagram this week. So if you do have questions... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. And Francesco Mucci did exactly that. So we're Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, by the way. He says, hi, guys, I have a quick question. Would you suggest... Would you suggest scalloped edge or pointy serrations for sourdough bread um thank you for the show cheers that's a good question because um i've got a bunch of bread knives here one that i've made myself which has got really really pointy uh, serrations on it and i've just got like a really shitty shop made shop bought one which i've had for years and years with a much softer sort of scalloped edge so you know you, you still got serrations but it, they're rounded off as opposed to really spiky um and there's definitely a use for both. I don't think when it comes to uh, serrated knives that one knife does does it all. Um, but I think particularly with sourdough, where you're going to get a really crusty, crusty crust on it, you know, that, that hard, crispy edge, um, I do think something with, with more sort of spiky serrations definitely helps. Um, but, I mean, you, you both of you guys make serration, uh, serrated knives too. Uh, Jeff, what, what have you got there? The I have the old the the scalloped ones where instead of it going inside, uh, the scallops are inside. It's on the outside, so it's like short radiuses, like, oh, a, right. like a shell. Those aren't really good for bread because mm. you you kind of need a little bit of tooth. I think the problem that a lot of knife mm. makers make is they think when you're doing a serrated knife that it should be like a jigsaw or it's or, or like a sawzall blade or something. And you don't need it to be very aggressive. You just, I mean, I make my serrations very, very shallow because the cutting really comes from the serrations, the inside of the serrations. And then the points kind of give you a little bit of purchase and then all that extra edge in between the points or what does the cutting. But you don't need to, it doesn't need to be like jagged saw teeth. It, it just needs to be very light. So I would almost go like, you know, much more shallow points. Mm. I don't think you need to go bananas. That's my opinion. I would that would I would do a very light, you know, not a very shallow toothed serration. Okay, cool. Nice. Mareko, your your serrations, is, is there any particular style? Do you always do the same or do you mix it up a bit? Yeah, honestly, I've only done serrations once um or at least cut the serrations once a few years back. Um and I I did them very... It's the first time I ever did them. So they were very aggressive, like Jeff is saying not to do. And um, actually, at one point, um, the, the, the serrations were so aggressive. They were like a bunch of little teeth uh, and fingers, like, pulling the bread. My wife was doing baking some beautiful bread at one point, And I was trying to cut it. And because those teeth were so deep and aggressive, instead of really pulling and tearing and cutting... They they were like dragging in the bread or all over the mm. <laughs> the board. I ended up cutting my hand, not horribly, but just a little bit. And I was like, I need to fix that. So I actually went back in and softened all of those. So now it's a it's a combination of uh, serrations and scallops, and it works great now. But yeah, I found that the key is to keep those uh, serrations 
as shallow as possible. You know, they got to do their job, but at the same time, if they're too deep, they're going to just start dragging stuff all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, the I... one knife you lent me for the Epicurious wasn't that jagged. That's So that's that knife, and that is after I had tuned it up, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because that's one thing that you mentioned that is 100,000% true with bread knives, is you get through the crust, but then when you get to the soft dough, it just pulls. It pulls it apart, and, and it doesn't allow you to kind of like cut it nicely so you get nice slices of bread. You end up getting, you know, something that looked like went through a chipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Jeff, do you want to take the next one from Walker Handcrafted? Yes, I do. Uh, Walker Handcrafted says, Hey guys, I have a question. I want to put my name on my knives, and I'd like to make a website, but my name is similar to one of the biggest in the biz. I'd like to use Walker Knife Co. Uh, is this a stretch knowing that Michael Walker, inventor of the liner lock, per my understanding, has the same last name? I haven't found any trademarks, but it's clear he's a big name in the industry, and I'm not here to step on any toes especially when the shoes are far bigger than mine. Do I use my name or come up with a brand? That's a good question. Good question. Good question. Uh, um, I think it's your name. Um, that's one of the things that, I mean, there are advantages to the name that I picked for mine, Chop, because it's always quite descriptive of what I do. Um, but what I do find is when when people are searching for things, people search for chop knives, there's a million and one references to a knife used for chopping before it gets to me. Um, so I think using your name is, is smart, and, you know, both both Jeff and Moreco have done that. Um, and I think, I don't think you're stepping on his toe. By calling it Walker Knife Company, you're not, you know, trying to pass yourself off as him. Um, I'll be completely honest, I'd never heard of the name before myself anyway. Um but I, I know very little about knives, yeah, but, I'll be honest with you. I make mean? my knives, I know very little about the outside world. Um, <laughs> but I think most your customers won't know that either. Um, that's something else to think of. Um, but I think it's your name. You, 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 you trade under your name. As long as you're not trying to pass yours off as, as somebody else's, I think you're good to go. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's key, is just being clear and transparent. I think as... Uh, Craig has experienced there are people who are just fucking lazy and it's easy to kind of capitalize off the kind of brand that maybe somebody else has already done and I think if you're just trying to be clear and you know for Walker Knife Co if you use a different font or different stylization or organization of the words or whatever like that should be easy enough for anybody Um, because your name is your name and honestly names are actually I can't they're very hard to, um, what is it? They're very hard to trademark, I believe, um, because they, they belong to people. You know, you can't. It, it's yeah. kind of like that fair usage kind of thing. Um, like I can't trademark Malmasi as unique as Malmasi is. There are other Malmasis out in the world, and I cannot trademark Malmasi. Um, but I think it also it kind of go. It, it depends on how you plan on seeing your business go. You know, if you're trying to build it up as a brand that you can maybe eventually sell, then maybe you don't want your name necessarily on it and you do want it to be a brand. But if you you feel like this is something you're going to hold on to and keep for a long time and forever, then using your name, I think, is just fine. Even if hmm. somebody else has a similar or the same last name. 
Yeah. And we've talked in the past about sort of trademarking and copywriting and stuff as well. Um, if it's your name, you could copyright it. So you could copyright Walker Knife Company. Mm. You probably couldn't trademark Walker Knife Company. Um, and an issue I've had with CHOP is that I couldn't do either because it's a very descriptive word and it's hard to um, trademark a descriptive word. Although I could get a copyright, but what's the point is is uh, another question, really. Um, Jeff, what do you think? You should go with Walker Knife Company or what do you think? I like the fact that he's thinking about it because it is yeah. something to be said that if there is another Walker Knife Company, do I want to be, do I want to be, uh, I don't want it to be confusing, right? So you could, I, if I had a better name than Fader Knives, I would have done it only because I wanted to just keep it, you know, at the time we just, we, I just did it and, and the idea, the opportunity to potentially down the line someone wants to buy it, you know, I'm not mad about it. I, I think the great story is is we interviewed, uh, Mareko and I interviewed uh, Jared Thatcher a number of years mm. ago. And he said that his or, the original name of Boot Hill Blades was like Queen City, Queen City something or other. Queen City something or other. Turns out that he didn't realize that it was already a, a, a knife company or a company and he was going to be sued. And... He didn't, he didn't know anything about that, and what he what he was lucky that the people who ran the business were just like, oh, you're just like a fucking dude in a garage, and they gave him a marketing company to rebrand him, and he has the ability to. I mean, that's an unbelievable story. I mean, they were gonna they were gonna sue his pants off. Oh, oh, oh there we go. We got a call, Jeff. Just a second. Just no problem. No problem. Welcome to the podcast. Who are you, and how can we help? Hello, how are you guys doing today? This is Benjamin Stark from Stark Knives. Ben Stark, he's there he is. A regular caller to the show. Well, no, yeah, he wasn't I need to in pause, the last I need time. To pause I was in it last time, but then the episode didn't end up going up. Oh, right. yeah. We had to cut it because you weren't interested enough, Ben. So <laughs> I know. You need, I was so you need to be entertaining I, for us. <laughs> I, oh, I told my mom that I was on the episode and she was all going to listen, and then I didn't get to end up having her watch. <laughs> <laughs> How can we help? What's up? I was going to finally use my microbiology degree and help with the coffee etching and mold. Oh, so nice. I was ah, okay. listening. I know. I just graduated last year with my degree from college. So it's my first time being able to use it. <laughs> so last Thank week you. we had a question. I can't remember who it was from, and they were asking about um, Morocco's famous coffee etch, um, but they were saying that they had mold on the coffee and whether that made a difference. And we've got an expert on the line. Ben. I don't know about that, but as far as I know from my research, I think probably the mold that's on coffee is probably either like a penicillin or an aspergillus, which is usually an aerobic mold. So that means that it needs oxygen in order to live and survive. So if you're able to store the coffee in something that's airtight, so I have mine in a PVC tube with a really tight sealed cap, and that has helped keep the mold from pretty much not for me at all so i've had this batch going for a week and it hasn't had any mold on it whereas when i had it in a more open container it usually started forming in like a day or two pretty much so that's definitely helped and then also having it so it has less surface area also helps a lot so this tube is really pretty narrow just wide enough for the blades whereas before i did it in a pretty open and wide container and that also made it have a lot more surface mold so there's more surface so area you wanna, available for yeah the exactly to right yeah yeah and just helping to help them grow like that. So if you're wanting to keep the coffee lasting a little longer, that's something to keep in mind, definitely. 
Cool. That's like a beer making trick as well. So when you're making beer, you can't, you don't want to get oxygen in it. So you obviously airtight, yeah. but you also purge it with CO2 as well to make sure that the yeah. air sort of expels. Yeah. Well, we've Look got some you. really clever people listening to the show. Who'd have thought? <laughs> and now we must talk to Ben's mother and let her know how proud we are of him and how proud you should be of him, Mrs. Stark. Because, you know, truly your son has, you know, he graduated from college. He's worked very hard. We're all very proud of him, and I would hope that you are too. And you guys can't see, but Ben's got very good hair too. So a round of applause for Ben's oh, hair. Nice. There we go. This is Stark, where well, you've raised quite a fine young man. <laughs> and he's and making le- he's a man of multi multi yeah. talents we've, we got my own knives we got potatoes homegrown garlic whoa 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 no product advertising are you trying to promote your own knives here no. you know the rules I'll, I'll cover come it. on Ben's mom's no, no. listening give him a break let him we, we gotta we can't tell any <laughs> penis jokes we have to be very cool because his mom is listening so I'll just keep it cool okay she, keep it cool she, she, she really she enjoys the 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 sarcasm and snark too. He always calls Craig Mr. Laser. Mr. Laser. I'll take that. That's yeah. my, that's my new Twitter profile. That is Mr. Mr. Laser. What? <laughs> oh, Mr. Laser. Mr. Three Thousand Dollar Laser. <laughs> Your mom's listening to this podcast often. Uh, she used to listen a little bit more, but she does listen here and there, definitely. Well, especially if we're in the car together. But a big hit with the mums. Mm. Who'd have thought? Why do you make your mom listen to this bullshit? <laughs> she enjoys it. She, she got to listen to something. Mrs. Stark, you've had enough. We've had, a, we've had enough of you as a listener, okay? We're just kidding, obviously. Send their messages to Craig at Chop Knives Trademark. <laughs> Mr. Laser is the new Mr. Laser. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. Change the – all right. Talk Thank, to you later. Thanks, thanks for, for having thanks me on. Advice. Cheers. Bye-bye. And and Mrs. Stark, that was not a hang-up. We were very polite with your son. We were very polite, very polite. I think we should talk to Mrs. Stark for the rest of the show. <laughs> I think that's going to be my move. I think the rest of the, the – I'm going to – every time we talk, I'm going to address – I'm going to showcase Mrs. Stark and make sure she's still yeah. listening. <laughs> Sidebar her every you know, few you minutes. Know. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that one, Mrs. Stark? That was a good one. <laughs> we'll explain jokes. It'll be great. So Ben just mentioned about um, – eliminating mold from coffee if you're doing coffee etches um and francesco mucci who we answered a question with earlier um has just said he etched a knife with moldy coffee after taking the mold off and the colors and the definition are awesome so yeah he just removed the mold and it was fine good to go so yeah. hmm but yeah it's nice yeah. to know we've got some clever people on the show sure. listening it, I uh, oh. I have to tell Mareko that I made a huge mistake because I did the trick where you'd get the PVC pipe and then you get the the bottom oh, cap that and trick then with the, the PVC pipe, eh? <laughs> no, the easy, easy. I mean, come on, man. we got your mom's listening to this show for God's sakes. And then sorry, I, Mrs. And Stark. I put it, We're sorry. <laughs> used to be Mrs. Stelter, now it's Mrs. Stark. What are we doing? <laughs> running a PTA here? Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I. I got, I put them all. I put all my tubes in a in a bucket and I fill it with sand. And now I got the coffee thing in the sand. I can't pull the damn thing out. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Not smart. You got a wet dry vac? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That'd be gross. It's a good idea. A wet dry vac is a great idea. Uh, I will. I will. I, I want to make sure that I've been completely transparent. I feel like I've talked about this before, but. Um, a lot of people give me credit for the instant coffee, and I appreciate it. I will say that I heard, I first heard about instant coffee in 2000 and 
12, I believe, from Adam DeRosiers. Uh, just as like a passing comment about how in Europe they use instant coffee to darken steel. That was the end of the conversation. And so, um, so I, at that point, I hadn't really done anything. It was a couple years after that I started playing with the instant coffee and there's no information online. So I was just doing my own experimenting. Um, and then I finally felt like I was getting a consistent result. And that's when I started talking and sharing about it. Um, and and that's that's that but i just want to be clear that it, it's not i wasn't the first one to do instant coffee or anything i would hate for anybody to think that that i'm trying to take credit or something at, or whatever you know mrs star calls you mr coffee oh jesus <laughs> the man with the beans is, that's what she calls you the man with the beans <laughs> hey, mr mr blazer mr coffee and I guess I'm Uncle Asshole. I guess I don't know what else, <laughs> what else there is to it. Okay, let's take let's take another question. Um, Baltic Blades, so I think is in the chat room with us, actually. Um, one question. When working on a large full-tang knife batch, what's your process on getting all of the scales the same thickness? Um, and I tell you what, let's go straight to Jeff, because he's just worked on a, on a large full-tang knife batch. Well... If if there if it's all if it's wood, then I mill it down on a on a uh, on a circular saw, and then I flatten everything on the I flatten the insides on the uh, uh, disc disc sander. That's what I, my move is. Is uh, I do a lot with G10, and I have very very standard thicknesses. So I really just kind of go by that with the G10 with the wood. I just try to mill it down till I'm close i don't get crazy i usually if one side's thicker than the other i i always just kind of like bang that out on on the grinder when everything's glued up so but i don't really get i don't get too hung up on it yeah you know, yeah i agree i would probably do um, i find thing. with with wood um i'll generally just use like a flat platen um and you know once you practiced you can sort of you know get things to the same thickness <clears throat> but yeah with g10 i mean it's available in so many different sort of thicknesses um, and I generally use two. One is a liner color, and one is a, a scale color. Um, between the two, you you can balance it out. And I'm I'm generally heading for about eight millimeters either either full full scale, so including the liner on both sides. Um, and obviously, you've got the thickness of your of your uh, of your stock then. Um, but yeah, um, I I did buy one of those um, those planers, those um, thicknesser planers. For using you know bigger bits of wood, um, but it's garbage to be honest with you. The finish isn't very good, and it snakes all over the place. It wasn't very good. So uh, yeah, I just head back. I chop them down to a rough scale size, then I can use that sort of two inch flat platen and um, thicken them out that way. Uh, Morocco, any sort of tips? I mean, you don't really do full tang stuff, do you? You normally do. No, I only did it stuff. for three years working for Bob Gramer. But I yeah. mean, that's not right. <laughs> oh yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, how 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 soon we forget? Uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, and I've done you know I've done a few on my uh, here on my own in my shop, the Smith and Bard style. And honestly, I'm like I'm with Jeff, I, except for I don't have a table saw. I just use a bandsaw, and I just I set up a fence and I rip them down to whatever thickness. I clean up the inside that's going to come into contact with the tang. And then if there's like a little bit of variance on the thickness from side to side, I just eyeball cleaning it up on the grinder before I start the, the handle shaping. 
I just I don't yeah. I don't muss or fuss about it too much. Makes sense. Um, I mean, you could use a disc sander, and somebody's just asked the question, and I think Jeff, you're the perfect person to answer this question. Definitely. Does Broadbeck have a disc sanding attachment? They do. They have an amazing disc sanding attachment. The way it works is, it fits on your where your contact wheel would be, and then it runs off a belt, and they look amazing. And you can get one if you go to BroadbeckIronworks.com. You put in promo code Knife Talk Ten, and you're gonna get ten percent off. Broadback's got great stuff. All their attachments are very user-friendly. Even if you didn't have a Broadback, you can get that disc sander attachment if you got a, whatever the tubing is, what is it, inch and a quarter, inch and a half, whatever it is, get it for your own. And, you know, perfect. You're all the other attachments, but the Broadback Ironworks grinder is great. And if the people, if you saw the people who were uh, sponsored who are using Broadback Ironworks, it is pretty impressive. So go to BroadbackIronworks.com, mm. put in promo code KNIFETALK10, get you 10% off. Your all your orders. I just I had to break in for a, one little thing. Is there's a message from Ben Stark saying that his mother would like to come on the show. Ben, you got th- you got forty minutes. You get her on the show. Have her DM. I will be we will be happy to interview her about you. So you got forty five minutes to get her on. We will be taking calls from Mrs. Stark by all means. All your mothers. Anybody in the chat, if you want to get any of your mothers to call <laughs> in, mothers. we will interview all your mothers. <laughs> and we'll be gentle. We'll all be gentle. We'll be respectful. And we'll ask them icky questions about you. Great. Have your mothers call in. This is the Mother's Day special. Have your mothers call in. There we go. Mareko, do you want to take the next question on our list there? Yeah, this one's from, oh, geez, Tris Jacobs. I thought I was going to say something else worse. Okay, it says, I was recently banned from PayPal and Venmo. Venmo won't say why other than that it was due to my recent activities, whatever that means. PayPal, PayPal yeah. said that it was for violation of their ex, uh, acceptable use policy, specifically the sale of ammunition, firearms, or firearm parts or accessories. Clearly, knives are not any of those things. There is a section right after that that says... Or certain weapons or knives regulated under acceptable law. I read that as if your knives are legal. Good to go. Oh, sorry. I read that as if your knives are okay. I did say that right. Okay. Clearly, I was wrong, as I can never use their service again, and they won't hear me out for explanation. At any rate, what would you recommend for acceptable payment for tools we make and want to sell? Thanks, and keep up the good work, Tris. That sounds like a hell of a dilemma. I can only, yeah, I can only say that I hate PayPal myself. Um, and if you do look at their terms and conditions, they basically rule out anything. Um, you can't really sell anything on PayPal. That's what their terms and conditions say. So if you are selling on them, they're okay with that. But what it does mean is if they've got any issue with you at all, they can pull it and say, "Well, it's in the terms and conditions." Right. You know. So I just, I just don't like them. Um, and I've had in the past they've held onto money of mine for a long time. Um, they take big fees and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I assume you mean you're taking payments online. Um, so if you are taking payments online, there are you know multiple ways to do that. So I don't know how your website is built, what it's using. But if you're using something like Shopify or Squarespace, they will give you alternatives to PayPal. Um, and most of them are powered via Stripe. So Shopify payments are 
I think Squarespace, they call it Squarespace Payments, but they're, they're powered by Stripe as well. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Stripe. Stripe is is just the best for taking online payments. Um, I know the founders um, from years ago. Um, Ooh, they're Irish, and um, they, yeah, they make they make they, they were web developers basically, and they 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 just found that um, PayPal was particularly for event organizers. They were holding on to a lot of money, and they were event organizers in the web community. Um, so they, yeah, so they set up Stripe basically just just to, for their own events. Um, and it took off, and it's worth billions now. It's 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 wow. amazing. But um, there are a great bunch of people there. Um, their fees are probably that. This sounds like an ad for Stripe. It really isn't. But their fees are the <laughs> lowest. Um, and yeah, they're they're there to help small businesses take payments. So um, yeah, use Stripe if you can. As I say, Shopify Payments is powered by Stripe, and I think Squarespace <laughs> Payments are too. So if your website is built on either of them, get rid of PayPal. And use and use them. That, that's my sort of advice on that. I'm sold. Do you take PayPal payments, Jeff? I do. That's this is this is a Tony department. I Tony <laughs> does. He he's got Venmo and PayPal, which I think are owned by PayPal. I think Venmo is part of PayPal. Is that right? I I don't know. I, I don't really know much about Venmo to be honest with you. I don't know. He likes Venmo, and we do use Stripe too. So yeah. Tony's Tony's on top of it. I, you know, Mert Tans. Oh, by the way, there's a message here from Ben Stark. His mom has just gotten home, and he's on it. So we might get Ben's mom in a second. So I'm hoping. My fingers are crossed that this bit doesn't get ruined because that's really what it comes down to. This, and this is it for mothers, everybody. If, if next week don't have your mother call because we, we know we ain't interested. It's this week only because that's the bit. Um. Yes, Grateful Knives says Venmo is PayPal. I know that Mert Tansu had a pretty horrifying story about his experience with PayPal yeah. uh, on the knife makers down under. Um, he basically was taken advantage of by a customer, and he had documented everything, and then the customer... Okay, oh, I think My fingers this could are be really Ben's crossed. mother. Let's have a look. <laughs> ben, how are you? I'm back, but with a special guest this time. <laughs> In a world That's exclusive, it. Jeff Fader is about to interview Ben's mother, and he may have some embarrassing questions, Ben. You ready for this? Don't worry. I'm prepared. <laughs> Ben's mother, how are you? Good. I'm happy to meet Mr. 3D Printer. I think he must have called you the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff's got a few questions for you. Oh, no. Okay, I'm ready. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm just curious, as the mother of a maker, what was it about Ben that really kind of you saw as an, at an early age that he was going to be? I mean, he's a talented guy. Stark Knives is very talented. He's very good on, on – uh, his work is beautiful. What was it at a young age that you saw in him that you thought that this could possibly happen? <laughs> That's really deep. Um, napping? <laughs> nothing? You see, napping? Nothing, apparently. Nothing? He didn't do anything? He didn't play? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if they told you that they were all homeschooled, so we were always making things. And, um, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, we always cooked together and did arts and crafts projects and stuff together. Yeah, from just, I was often really bored being at home with them. So I made a lot of things myself. And so then they had to do it with me. And so if we cooked, then they'd have to join in and, you know, just do everything that we were doing in the house. And 
I think just I enjoyed doing it. So then I just pulled them along and sat them on the counters and they did whatever I was doing in the house. I get the feeling Ben isn't your favorite child. I think you've got another favorite child. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, Mr. There. 3D Prick is getting, getting revenge. <laughs> Mrs. Stark is going to get a handful now. <laughs> No, well, you... there's only two of them. How do you choose? They're equally. We have we have the know. other apparent favorite child there too. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch Sophie's Choice now. sometime, Mrs. Stark. You gotta watch Sophie's Choice once in a while. I'm I'm fascinated because I've interviewed a lot of makers, and I'm always surprised at how creative people are who are homeschooled. I was surprised. I was surprised as as many like a Ben. Ben Uetta uh, and Jesse and his whole family, they were all homeschooled. Uh, no, Charlie Lionheart was homeschooled. Very, very talented people really started out uh, homeschooling. And it is amazing because especially considering that making in general is a very solitary thing. It's not really that... I, my wife and I refer to just life as general population, like general pop. So like I would imagine that when you're in homeschool, you're much more useful, used to being uh, self-reliant. Definitely. And often you're looking for something to do and then you make it into something fun so you can kind of twist their arms into helping you out a little. You know, you have to do, not just turn on the TV and let them sit there. Yeah. You have to yeah. get your stuff done so you have to make it fun. So you then turns, just kind of, yep. But he, he turns to you and says, Mom, I'm going to start making knives. And then what do you say? I say... Well, the way he started, he did it in the living room when we were doing a house renovation. And he said, I want to have a piece of wood, and I'd like to try to make a spoon out of it. And I said, well, okay, and it's winter in Nebraska. So I said, you can do it in the house. And I had no clue that it would be such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but since we were making floors, it was okay. And then... Yeah, there were a lot of tears, but I said, well, you know, as long as it's just like $200 at a time, if you keep at it, you know. I remember the first time he got his little bandsaw. Well, no, it wasn't hacksaw. a bandsaw. Hacksaw. Well, hacksaw, but don't also that Don't correct your mother. Don't be fresh to your mother, Ben. Don't be fresh to your mother. Let's, let your mother talk, okay? We're with you, Mrs. I'm just Stark. trying to help. It's like... Don't help. We're yeah. not talking to you. We've talked to you already. We're talking to your mother now. So, don't be fresh. So, all right. Ben, are you a twin? No. Oh, you're not a twin. Oh, right, okay. No, but everyone thinks we're twins. Yeah. Ever but... since they were little, they said, oh, yeah. are they twins? But the poor older kid is like, I'm so sick of that. You see his eyes roll in the back of his head. They're like three and a half years apart. I'm, I'm finally over it. <laughs> you, yeah, you look around about the same age. So I was going to ask Mrs. Stark, um, the, the, I mean, the three of us, the three hosts, we have, we have kids. Any advice for bringing up a kid um, as creative as Ben and his brother there? Um, be willing to clean up the mess. <laughs> Come on. I have one last question for you, Mrs. Stark. You've been very forthright, and I appreciate yeah, you it. You know, you can it. call me Chris. And I, so, yeah, but Mrs. Stark's so much I, better. Mrs. Stark is my husband's mom or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Kristen, here's the question for you. Yeah. And I want okay. you to be honest. I We want to hear the most embarrassing story about your son, Ben, right now. <laughs> no no fumfering around. Just the, whatever it is, 
We want to hear an embarrassing Ben Stark story for our listeners. Please. Oh, God. Can you think of one? Uh, oh, about, come uh, on. This is Stark. Don't bullshit us. Oh, okay. We yeah, know you have something oh, on the tip yeah, of your yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can my, can my brother tell that story? Well, you can Go ahead. I remember, but he knows which one I'm talking about. Okay, I guess I'll explain. Okay, I'll explain it for them. Um, back when I first started getting into knives and, like, collecting them, it's, you know, Blade Forums. It's a big, well, probably the top knife forum where people post stuff. And then there was one knife maker that was selling a, like, $1 knife in honor of the killing of Osama bin Laden. So oh, wow. I was, I, Sounds I, funny so far. I was, <laughs> I was kind of, I was apprehensive about it, but I was like, oh, if it's a custom-made $1 knife and I can have the opportunity, I might as well just do it. So I signed up for it, sent the guy my $1 or $5 or whatever it was, and I bet you can guess where the knife ended up non-existent as so. you can imagine i told him if it sounds too good to be true it probably is and i was right but it was only five dollars that's an embarrassing story in your house <laughs> that's an embarrassing not, not, story not, in your house i'm just saying you lost I'm not five dollars <laughs> I try to be well behaved. I'm sorry. Or one, one time we had chocolate pudding. Pretend. All right, I'm not interested. In your <laughs> this is <laughs> Friday night dinner These with the are kids. Some that just trying to embarrass each other. <laughs> I mean, well, Mrs. Stark, thank you for giving us the time. Um, we think maybe once a week, just send us a DM of embarrassing stuff that Ben does, and we can have a little I mean, it's show better of. than the last one. I'll tell you, Mrs. Stark, I wanted for Christmas as a child, I wanted a little brother, and my mother said that Santa Claus doesn't do that. And I said, why not? And she said, because you, because that's not how the... And then she told me how babies were born, and it was embarrassing. Oh, geez. That's an embarrassing geez. story. I, I well, feel like we've had that... When something came on TV once, and we just kind of this is this is what we want to hear. This is we're getting there. We're getting somewhere now. We're getting somewhere. We just need some practice. I guess we'll we'll think about it and we'll call back in next week. (laughs) Better. I can't remember what the show was. Something with birds and bees or something. I don't remember. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thank you very much for calling. You're always welcome on the show. Cheers. All right. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> mum talk <laughs> we almost had a good one i'm sure of it and i think that if ben and his son and her brother wasn't there we would have gotten all oh, this time he came in and all of a sudden he had a, a nocturnal emission next thing you oh, know Jesus. we didn't know what to do <laughs> a nocturnal yeah that's emission. what i wanted that's what i was looking for oh, jesus come on <laughs> i mean come on you're wrong you're not wrong that's a story not i threw the five dollars away i mean come on man that's bullshit. But I appreciate the Starks calling in. Thank you very much, family. Thank talk. you very much. Combat oh, Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 15% off. CombatAbrasives.com. Go and do it. Uh, Jeff, do you want to take the next question? Yes, uh, and uh, Rainy Day Forge says, Mom, in the chat, if you're listening, you can watch us on uh, YouTube Live. It's usually 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the people in the chat are very funny. Rainy Day Forge is saying, Ben's mom is holding back, and I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Ben's mom, you're holding back. We love you, but you're holding back. Please. <laughs> um, 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The next one comes from, let's see, let's see, um, uh, McDonald Knives. Okay, fellas, I have a question for you that I'm sure you've answered a million times. I'm getting into making chef knives, and I use high-carbon steel. I love the look of a good hormone, and my question is, since it's a chef's knife, is it safe to etch in ferric chloride? chloride um, I should use something more food, or should I use something more food safe? Love the podcast. This comes up a lot. Uh, is ferric chloride food safe or not? Yeah, um, Morocco, you're probably gonna have a better. Oh, this isn't um, gonna be in your book. To this, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that should be in the book, right? Get your pen out, Craig. Maybe, Get your pen maybe. out. And start writing. <laughs> no, uh, ferric chloride. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, you don't want to drink this stuff. I'll tell you that. Um, but it is very, the acid is very, very easily neutralized with baking soda water and neutralizing, it makes it inert. Like you can, you could literally neutralize it with baking soda or even diatomaceous earth and which is just like ground up calcium, like, uh, oyster shells and stuff like that. Neutralize it. You could pour it in your garden and plant flowers on top of it, you know? So as long as you properly neutralize it. You're good to go. That's my answer. Yeah. Windex too, right? It's got a, it's got enough ammonia in it that it kind of does. Yeah, the but same then you put right? ammonia on the thing. <laughs> so there you I, go. so baking. Good point. So you either gotta wash it thoroughly afterward. Well, honestly, you should wash it thoroughly no matter what before you first use it. Um, but baking soda water, I feel like, is a bit more kind of user friendly and kind of food safeish, you know. So, yeah, that's my yeah. Answer. So you should be good to go. And we we've had this chat plenty of times before where people are saying, could you, could you taste um, a carbon steel blade? You know, certain food that's been cut with a carbon steel blade. Um, and I think so, certain acidic foods, like lemons and things like that. Sometimes um, what will happen? It'll have that same effect as using acid on the blade again. Um, but again, just a quick wash. Um, can, and you should be. I'd also like to good. add to that, which is a good point, is I've heard people say, well, I can taste the steel. Mm. You can also go to a restaurant 
And when you're eating creme brulee, it tastes like garlic. It's because the guys didn't wash their hands who were doing yeah. the prep work to do the other thing. There is a little bit of like, a little, you know, operator error going on because, I mean, like that has happened. Like, you're just like, why does this vanilla dessert taste like onions? Yeah. It's because <laughs> shithead in the back didn't wash his hands before he went from the cold prep to the dessert station. Yeah, I had the privilege this week of having a watermelon slice that was cut with a knife that had been used for garlic before washing. Oh, yeah. And it was disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, so it all, comes to, it all comes down to cleanliness, I think, and hygiene in the kitchen. And here's a top tip. If you have garlic on your hands and you want to get the smell off, you rub your hands with stainless steel under the water and the garlic smell will disappear. You're welcome. Put that oh, in your book. Wow. Put that in your book. <laughs> I, oh, wait a second. I must have to draw it. Am I going to have to draw, have have to have to draw, draw it, yeah. that part? Oh, Jesus Christ. I wish I didn't come up with that goddamn tip. That's one more. There's like 301 pages now. Now you got to draw the goddamn tip. No more tips for me on, the, on that for your book. I don't want to do any more drawings. Do, whilst we're talking about tips, do we have any... Unsolicited advice. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We do have unsolicited So if you have unsolicited advice, a lot of times people say, you know what you should do? And then they'll give you unsolicited advice, or if you just have some unsolicited advice. We do have uh, Ben Kowald says, here's some unsolicited advice. Craig might want to start looking under his toilet seat for spiders. A few years back, a bloke here in Australia got bitten by a todger. No. On his todger, sure. <laughs> on his todger. Got bitten on the todger. I don't know. I thought a todger was a spider, but I guess it's your, your wiener. He got bitten on his todger not once but twice by a redback, closely related to the black widow spider. You're welcome. So watch your todger. I mean, yeah. I never heard of a todger. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, last week uh, Craig lost his mind because of spider. And then I started to realize we made fun of you because it was you thought it was big. But then I realized, you know, a lot of poisonous and venomous spiders are very small. So I shouldn't have. I apologize to the spiders of France for besmirching you. Yeah, I've had a good, I've had a good clean out here. There's, there's definitely no spiders here. Oh, okay. This thing, this thing was huge, but um, did yeah. Did, oh, shout oh, out to all it? the people sending memes. Did you kill it? Uh, Mariko asked. No, no, I didn't find it, but um, it's no longer in here, so it's all good. But yeah, Jeff just mentioned we had a few memes come through. Um, Steve at Moonshine Metalworks sent one through. I, my hair looked great in that. I've never had such such dark hair. It looked, it looked good. <laughs> you look all the memes of you. I wouldn't have been mad at it at all. Both of them. There was another one where you like superimposed on like Spider Man's Peter Parker's face. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it looks pretty good. It's not, it's not. None of it's insulting. You know, just because you're a little scared of spider, but you look good. Who cares? <laughs> We've got some live unsolicited advice. Rainy Day Forge is currently typing out some unsolicited advice for us. All right. While he's, re- I will. I'll read some more, and then when he takes his time, Rainy Day Forge, sure. we'll read it yours. This one comes from Brian Hooten. You know what you should do is get a spider away for get spider away to sponsor the show, so Craig can get those French ticklers to stop <laughs> the harassing. <French> tickler. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> Don't tickle your todger. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from Ihor Ihor Hudima Hudima Ihor. You're gonna have to give me the. You're gonna have to help me out on the next one because I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But Ihor Hudima. I mean, that's as best as I can do it right now. So help me it's, out. It's the new I, Apple app. Uh, set up <laughs> the Ihor. Ihor Hudima. I'm sorry. 
I mean, I can only do with what you're giving me, and I'm not doing very good. It's like Uber. Set up your anvil high, and if you need to dictong or use a guillotine on your anvil, then use a pallet to get, your si- get yourself high enough to use your tools comfortably. Cheers from Czechoslovakia. Dictonging, uh, which was coined by John Ariani, friend of the show, Sunset Forge NJ, is when you're forging and you have a pair of tongs between your legs under your todger, and then you're holding it between your legs, and then you're using one hand to stamp, the other hand to hit, hammer hit. It's also been referred to as the third hand by Uri Hoffi, but it is now dick-tonging. So if you're going to dick-tong, you want to get up high so you don't give your todger the old, you know, what is the seesaw. You're gonna seize, you don't want to seesaw your yeah. tongs up into your todger. So do we? Rainy Day Forge is doing nothing. Rainy Day Forge did no, he did nothing so far. Um, but Grateful Knives has some unsolicited advice in the comments, in the chat section. To cool down your even heat more quickly for tempering, put some room, put some room temperature, massive solid steel, bar, steel bars in there to draw out the heat of the stones. That's a, um, our friend Craig Lockwood said, use uh, fire bricks, and that was yeah. really good. Okay, Rainy Day Forge has finally got himself squared away. Buy a time clock, time clock to track the time. Invest in projects. Waited for that one, Rainy Day Forge. <laughs> Must try Sheesh. harder. That was oh my god! I mean, come on, baby. I mean, I know Canada's cold, but I mean, you gotta help me out here. Give me some good. We waited for you. Oh, good. They're all used ones are thirty to fifty dollars. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I'm glad we waited for that. Rainy, come on, man. Uh, Baltic Blades again says, "Here's some unsolicited advice. Disc grinders are amazing. Get one, and you won't regret it. Make stuff easy and flat. Uh, if you want to use it for flattening hands, uh, handle scales, get the flat disc. If for bevels, then use the bevel disc. Makes it work with long blades. I don't know, but do you know about those bevel discs? You guys know about bevel those things? Discs? No. They have some with a little bit of." Like angle to them, I'm not 100 percent sure their their val their value their val- uh, value, but maybe someday. And then Leonardo Lee has got some advice. Leonardo Lee also has that great voice. One of our first callers with his incredible voice, and it does the the voice work for uh, for Full Blast. He writes, "Here's some unsolicited advice. Anyone having trouble accurately drilling holes through steel should use this center bit. They're really stubby and they can't flex." And then they have a built-in chamfering bit so that your next bit centers itself right in the first hole. So Nice. Nice. There I've we got are. some others. Rainy Day Forge is uh, don't be sorry <laughs> Rainy Day Forge. You're you're all right with us. You're all right with us, but I mean like you know don't you can't tell us to buckle our seatbelts and give us, you know, you know. You, you, we're with you. I've got don't some worry. unsolicited advice. Um if you're going to be doing hand sanding, you're going to want to use Indasa Rhino Wet because it's the best stuff. I've I've used a ton of it this week. Um just because it's it speeds things up. If it speeds things up, it's saving you money. So make sure if you're doing any hand sanding, you're using RhinoWet by Indasa. But we can also get you a discount. If you head on over to TexasFarrowSupply.com, they sell not just Indasa RhinoWet, but a whole bunch of things for knife makers, um, tools, accessories, anything you need. So head on over to TexasFarrowSupply.com. Make sure you use Knife Talk 10. You'll get 10% off the order, and that includes your RhinoWet as well. Um, and why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you have money off products that you're going to be using anyway? And if you aren't using it, you need to be using RhinoWet. That's my tip of the week. 
Uh, Maraca, would you like to take uh, maybe one more question and then we'll move on to some... How about some hot takes? All right. This next one is from Sock Basement Made. Uh, he says, so I was buffing a full-time... Oh, sorry. Buffing a full-time handle with some light wood. What the fuck does that mean? Full tang, I think. Full tang, I would think full tang. Oh, full tang handle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's what he calls it. So yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was buffing a full tang handle with some light wood, and as soon as I hit the brass pins, they gave off black residue on the white buffing wheel and smudged all over the pretty white, the pretty light wood. Had to sand down the wood to get it off. Any tips uh, on how to fix this? The show, uh, the show has learned me a lot as a relatively new maker. Keep up the good work, good stuff. Greats from Timo or Timo, I pronounce. Oh, sorry, I said it right. Pronounce Timo. Blah blah blah. All right, so you guys have experience with brass Corby bits. Do you ever have it smudge across the handle material? Yes. How do you feel about? Well, you. I've you're seen. Um... Is it easy to clean up? I've seen it smear on. I've seen it discolor synthetics. Yeah. I've seen it um, any type of. If you have a light wood or light, if you're you know G10 isn't solid solid, like you have like these little tiny pores, and it ca- it can catch. It, the times I was noticing it was catching was on the finer grits. Like when I was getting up to 800 grit, the the dust that you're taking off the brass is so tiny it kind of looks like dirt. So that hap- that for sure happens. Yeah. What I find when I'm buffing is, um, first of all, I try to keep my buffing wheels as clean as possible. So I'm always changing. I'm never using sort of dirty ones. I've got I've got a bunch of them, and I I actually put them through the washing machine, well through the dishwasher as well. Um, so so they're always kept. So I don't have to keep buying them. You can clean them and reuse them. It's fine. Um, but what I find is, the less pressure I'm putting on the buffing wheel, first of all, it's obviously a lot safer because it's not going to grip hold of it and anything that you're trying to buff. Um, but I'm finding that the less pressure I'm putting on and using good cutting compounds, um, that happens a lot less, um, these sort of smudges. And I tend to get a much, much better finish as well. So so maybe you're putting maybe a bit too much pressure on and it's causing these smudges. Um, I find really sort of light passes will give you that. That I mean, you shouldn't be using your buffer to get rid of any marks anyway. You're not using the buffer just to get rid of that final polish. So don't don't crank into it. Just give it a real sort of a light sort of almost a feathering on on, on material, and you'll find that. Well, I I certainly find that I I don't get any of these smudges. Yeah, I agree with Craig. I wish you played your. Oh, I just I wish you'd played your sexy music oh, yeah. when you when you were talking about feathering <laughs> the wood. I kind of thought that it was yeah, that's right. Yeah, you just late, you know, but fine. We should have played that when Ben Stark's mom was on, to be honest with you. I mean, if you really want to go she inside, was personal you want to go inside Jeff, baseball. I the whole, no, 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 please call me Kristen or Crystal or whatever it was. Yeah, I did notice. I wanted to, you know, you got to, there's a, there's that shot. In my mind, the shock jock line was like, I feel like I reached the line, and then I really wanted to dip a toe <laughs> over the line. But, I mean, if you had, if you had put on the... 
if you had put on the Jatam music, it would have been pretty. <laughs> next week, if you call next week, we, we can, it'll be like a first date for the two of you. It'll be fine. We'll sort it out. I think that, well, I mean, obviously, I'm happily married 20 years. Thank you very much. I'm not going to be hitting on any moms. Thank you very much. But, I mean, that doesn't mean we can't, if you want to have your mom call up next week, we're going to put on the sexy music and we'll talk to her and ask her what your problems are. Oh, sorry, Ben. If you're still listening, Ben, and Mrs. Stark, we're very, we're he's, very We're sorry. kidding. We're kidding. He's he's fine. He's homeschooled. He's all right. You know, he probably heard oh, a few jokes oh, around we've there. got a call. We've no, got there she, she is. She, she could be ringing that back. Button. Let's have a look. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. Get that Jatem music going. Who's on the line? How can we help? We can't. You're going to have to unmute yourself, I'm afraid. No. Ugh, what a kind no, of, it's a bad, it's a bad, bad mean, signal. Um, that was Benny's tool and cutlery, but he's got a really bad signal, so um, unfortunately he had we have to go. Uh, uh, Stark knives is with us. Yeah. He, he wants to. He wants to. He wants me to have him and his mom on full blast. You want to get really deep into <laughs> easy, it? Easy. <laughs> easy. He's right. I mean, come on. The man. next question that we've got is from GA Custom Blades. Hey man, can I ask you a question? I'm getting ready to set up some for some local festivals. Um, I will have some EDC hunting and kitchen knives. How do I prevent the locals from cutting the crap out of themselves when they inevitably finger fuck my knives? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, I'm sure it won't be uh, the level of customers at the likes of Blade Show. Um, so yeah, local festivals. Um, he's going to have knives out on display. How does, it, does he stop the uh, the punters from uh, picking them up and cutting themselves? I've never done any sort of shows like this, uh, Morocco. I think you've done Blade in the past, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, oh, sorry, go on. No, go on. So I, was, I was just wondering what advice you would have. Yeah, if I, I don't know, I would be. I think it's perfectly fair in our current climate of concern about germ spreading and whatnot to have just like a shield right across the front, kind of <laughs> like a like a sneeze shield in a way from the knives. And if anybody wants to touch anything, they have to ask. And that way, that way people aren't just walking by and grabbing something and throwing it back down on the table. That yeah. way, it's a little bit more intentional, uh, intentional of an experience and exchange, and Ideally, hopefully, they're a little caref- more careful with it. There's, there's all kinds of like weird little psychological things that come up when you have to take those small steps. And so I think just putting up like a little sneeze guard basically would help, really. Yeah, yeah. It makes, and you said we're living in the time where we can do that without anybody thinking that's a bit weird as well. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you see that video where that dude, or is it a knife? counter and then he starts doing the you know what I'm talking about they no. have these videos out and this dude is like no. wants to try out a knife and then he does the the punching of the fists and does all his moves and it's just oh yeah it's yeah, seen clearly it. yeah, seen it. <laughs> this is to impress the knife store guy and it's just like and yeah. I would think that like I could see a lot of people doing that like feeling it in their hands and it's almost like performative to make sure that you think that they know what they're doing, you know. I don't. Mm. I I would I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't do it. I I do like the idea. I actually thought about it with uh, what Morocco was saying about having a sneeze guard. If I did it, I would build a table with walls and a plastic top, so the only person that can reach in is the person behind the counter. I would be mortified yeah. if somebody picked up something and then touched it, and hurt themselves. 
the germ thing bugs me and the walking away thing. I heard a story. I don't know if it was on Knife Talk or what. Some guy said that he turned his back and a guy had taken a knife and tried to a chef's knife and tried to do a performance test on a piece of wood. And came, and then brought it back and it was a fucked up. It was really fucked up and it was just like yeah, like oh a hand was God. busted and he tried to like do you know unsolicited performance tests on your shit. And I think his this guy's idea oh, was just like, "Well, you should have been able to." And it was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." Should make a better fucking yeah, knife. Yeah, it's just like we just destroyed worst. my knife cuz you're an idiot. I I I I would be I'd be mortified. I'd be mortified if I don't I wouldn't want somebody touching him. You know? No. Yeah. Good way to end up with the knife inside of you. I mean, but it, yeah. I can imagine that you've, Craig, you've been to Tiers and people are playing around with those knives. Yeah, so Coutelier, which is our sort of European version of Blade, I suppose. Um, a lot of people have pretty much, like you said, like almost like a jewelry display cabinet. So everything's under glass, but only the person at the back, you know, the the, the holder of the booth can, can get them out. And, you know, they bring out the velvet or the cushion. They put it on the cushion. Um, but it's very much a case of people being very respectful there and, you know, people can't have their hands all over the knives. Um, you need to request to see a specific knife and they'll get it out and they'll, they'll talk to you about that knife and that kind of thing. Um, so I haven't seen... You know, like you mentioned in these videos, these people doing all these crazy bloody moves as if they're nunchucks and things <laughs> like that. I haven't seen any of that at Coutelia, which which I think could be hilarious if I did see it. Um, but yeah, generally they'll have as it, almost like a jewellery booth, you know, and, and it's all hidden behind glass or plexiglass or wherever it may be. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Benny's tool and cutlery, um, he tried to get through, but we had a really bad signal, and he's just asked the question in the chat. Um, sorry, guys, but bloody technology. Uh, question for Craig, how's your folding knife coming along? Um, it's coming along very well, which I'm purposely sort of keeping it on the down low, um, simply because until I've got 100 knives finished, um, I won't be showing them. I won't be, you know... Um, do anything like that. I want them available so people can buy them. They'll be available. Um, they're going to be very affordable. Um, they're going to come in two finishes, and I've had, I've had one in my pocket for about six months now. Um, but I've had the second finish in for about a month, um, and they're both holding up very well. Um, and one is actually improving over time as well. How many? Is, how uh, many have you made already? Which is really nice. I've probably made about forty. Wow, that's a big. Um, so yeah, I've been news. doing them sort of on on the side of other stuff. So purposely keeping it on the down low, but um yeah, you'll know as soon as as soon as I've got a bunch available, you'll know and Can we ask you a couple questions about it? Yeah, you can do. Yes, yes. Are you are you finding it difficult to assemble them? Or is it easy to assemble them? It's quite easy to assemble them. The way that it's a very very simple design with that in mind. Um so I wanted to make a a folding knife that's going to be you know, it's handmade, but it's affordable. Um all the parts are laser cut, um, so they're all you know exactly as they need to be. Um, so, yeah, I basically I, I heat treated like you know a batch of you know two hundred, um, which I sent out to get heat treated. Um, I've then spent like a month just doing all the the grinding on them, um, and everything is pretty much. Ready. I mean, if I were to dedicate a whole week to it, I'm pretty sure I could do another sixty ready to go. Holy shit. They're pretty wow. quick because um, everything is 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 to size virtually. Um, there's you know a bit of final grinding at the very end, um, but yeah, the I'd say that what's taken the longest time is actually um, 
I don't want to give too much away because I, I want to wait for people to see it or sort of reveal on it. But the, the whole blade has got a laser etch on them. Oh, um, so cool. And I'd say Are you excited? I am excited, but I'm also very nervous. Why? Um, simply because I, you know I haven't done folding knives before, um, and you know all the knives I've done are basically. So it's, it is a slip joint, Ben. Yeah, Ben's asking if it's a slip joint. It is. Um, most of my knives are culinary knives, and this isn't. So it's it's almost like a different market that I'll be sort of you know promoting this to, um, and I've got the bones of a video for this which is which is pretty cool as well i've shot some of it so yeah there's gonna be when when they are available you'll know there'll be a big song and dance and there's there's a nice sort of uh video to go with it and stuff like that as well so yeah you, you will know you will know i wouldn't be able to control myself i would be so excited i wouldn't be able to control myself We've I think that. I think We've you're heard the same that way. About you. We've heard that what? about you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I, I I can't. I'm not allowed to post. I'm I'm not allowed to post anything because I have 30 more knives to make. And Tony's just like, you're not posting anything until. But I'm gonna post pictures of my goddamn dog in a minute. It's yeah. because. I, but I I'm am... biting at the. I took pictures of all 30 knives. I'm chomping at the bit, and I can't. And so I I know how you're feeling to a certain degree. I am normally guilty of that. Even sometimes when I just have an idea, all of a sudden I'm posting about and all the rest of it. But this, this, this has been sort of a two-year project for me, really. Um, you know, getting these, getting this together. So I'm going to make sure that it's it's right. Um, Very exciting. The knives are right. They're good. The few people I who I know who have used them, they're not knife people. That's the problem. Where I am here, okay, well, I'm close to tears, but I don't really spend time there. Um, the people who I know have used them are just people who would generally have a pocket knife in their pocket, you know, um, and they're all very happy with them. So yeah, it's all it's all it's all cool. Um, hmm. We've got a message here from Rainy Day Forge. Neil Kamamura's folders look pretty slick. Um, not to take away from my knives, I'm sure they're they're far superior to mine. I haven't actually seen them. I will go and have a look. Hmm. Mareko, have, have you done any folders? Have I seen any folders of yours? I have never made a folder. I have parts, folder parts. Uh, oh, yeah. I've I've kind of played with making folders, but never finished anything out. I have a design for a slip joint uh, that I'd love to make, um, but I'm nowhere close to accomplishing anytime soon. Um, it'll be a while before I get that thing done or going. Um, and honestly... Yeah. Probably the smarter route would be to try to collaborate with somebody who does make folders. Um, and you make the steel. Kind of, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and, and kind of bypass a lot of... Like, I really want to learn how to make them, but if I want to get something out as a product, I think it would make sense for me, at least, to, to collaborate with somebody who does them full-time uh, or has more experience with them, and they can kind of help troubleshoot things a lot quicker than I would be able to. Um, yeah, but it'll be a while before I do anything with my design. Um, Francesco Mucci has just asked in the uh, the chat what kind of folder it is. Is it got a lock-in retention mechanism? Um, it hasn't, um, and quite purposely. Well, first of all, because it's easier to make a slip joint than any other type of folded knife, I think. Um, but also, m most of my customers are in the UK, um, and I want that to be more of a thing, more UK customers, because shipping is far easier for me because I have a nightmare with shipping here in France. Um, and in the UK, you can't have a knife on you that has any locking mechanism. It's illegal. Um, and down to the blade length as well. So the blade length is, is two inches because that's the legal limit for a, a knife to be, to be um, carried in the UK. 
Um, so it needs to be two inches or tap. below, and it can't have a locking mechanism. So those were the sort of constraints that I had to work with. Um, two inch, two inch knife. You could call the Todger. You could call it the Todger. Yeah, <laughs> you could call it the Todger. <laughs> the actual, the name of the knife. Um, it comes with a whole sort of backstory as well, and that's all sort of explained in the video that I'm making. So yeah, I'm excited to show people. Well, the dodgy Todger. The dodgy Todger. The tiny Todger. That that'd be a good one. <laughs> How about some hot takes? Well, I have to. I guess I'm going to have some news af- in the after show about folders. But I'll, oh, that's a radio tease. Okay. You have okay. to remember if you listen to the after show. Um, hot First takes about the after show is we don't speak about the after show. What are you talking about? What after show? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Okay. Hot takes. Hot takes are unsolic- um Generally, short and to the point, uh, unnecessary, <laughs> loud and fact-free declarations. Um, this one comes from Robert Coner, and you could send it into Knife Talk Podcast. DM us your DM them to us, and we'll uh, we'll get you squared away. Contact so- us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. Brian House, he's the man. Uh, Robert Corner, hot take: A messy shop doesn't mean messy work. Clean shop. Uh, clean work is one of those things that old people say. Clean shop, clean work is one of those things old people say. Example, and then he calls out Helle Hasenberg. The clean shop thing, I do have a slight. It's great to have a clean shop, but it doesn't definitely doesn't mean. Sometimes a clean shop means that you're not busy. I'm just telling you, that's just a fact. Yeah, <laughs> I think I agree with you. Maybe you're not working hard enough. Baltic blades. Always sending us, he's in the chat room too, always sends us nice, he's a smart move. Baltic Blades does a good move. He'll do one DM and it'll have a question, unsolicited advice, and a hot take. And that's how he throws the giant net on, and I appreciate that. Baltic, I know what you're doing. Hot take, here's one. Unsolicited advice part is solicited if you ask us to participate. (laughs) Yes, you're right. You are right, you. It is, that's hilarious and it's true yeah if i ask for unsolicited advice i'm soliciting your unsolicited advice and it's unsolicited all right the next one is number two uh knife makers who etch the blade the uh who etch on their blade the hrc the rockwell test uh and the steel type so if you etch the rockwell and the steel type it's on the same level who market who of makers who market their damascus Bat mask is by layer count and people who sell their books and market the page count. <laughs> I'm not mad at that one. I am not mad at that one. Not mad at that one at I've all. I've done two out of three there. But, uh, <laughs> like Michelob yeah. said, don't be sad. Buy my 300 pager. <laughs> uh, here's Austin Booth. He says <clears throat> sander equals wood, grinder equals metal. Don't insult my broadback by calling it a sander. I like that one too. There is like a, there is definitely a, there's definitely a debate on whether it's called a disc grinder or a disc sander. And I've heard that a lot of times. A lot of people are like, it's a disc grinder. I'm like, well, it's not because it's using sandpaper. So it's a disc sander. So it's still, we're still at, uh, okay. Uh, Jamie Mackey says, here's a hot take. Tactical folding knives are the cargo pants of knives. That's a clever one, too. <laughs> and then the last one is from 
MMT Maker, Hot Take, Mareko's uh, from Against Mareko's Town, Olympia Drivers are Worse Than Seattle Drivers, and Seattle Drivers Suck. So, I don't know if you want to comment on that. Oh, you no, agree? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I it's agree. not a hot take. It's not a hot take. So, there you are. There any hot takes in? Oh, here comes just another. Ben says hot take. If you have someone take a shit on your show, you're probably boring the guest. <laughs> Don't spoil the full blast podcast, Ben. And that's not really what happened, sir. <laughs> so go listen to the, the latest episode of the full blast podcast. To understand why that's not really what happened, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> but funny still. Um, nonetheless, it's still funny. Okay, we are. Hour over hour and a half in. Um, maybe it's time for Morocco. Um, your dream of the week. Um, where would you like to be this time next week? I would love to have my grinding room put back together. It's it's been a mess since we did the electrical stuff, and um, we had to pull a bunch of sheetrock off the wall and all this stuff. I haven't been able to get it back up because uh, I haven't been able to get the help of my landlord. Um, but we're going to get it up and and reorganize. I need to reorganize. I've been needing to reorganize in there for a year or so anyways. Uh, so I'm going to also take this time to just keep shuffling things around until they're in the right spot where I need them to be. To be. So getting the grinding room put together is going to be a good thing. Cool. I've been working in the grinding room. It's just been a fucking mess. Yeah. It's a good goal for the week, definitely. Jeff. The goal for the week. The goal for the week. I'm going to start right in on Monday, and I'm going to start in on another 30 knives, and I'm going to not, and including, I got a lot of fader forks I got to finish. And I had a customer who, at the last minute, changed her mind on some steak knife handles, and now I have to make eight new steak knives because Tony's just oh. like, I'd like to have something on the website if you don't mind. And I said, okay, well, then this person gets to go on the back of the list. And he's like, fine by me. So I have to, I'm going to have to redo eight uh, new steak knives, which is fine. So you'll have and eight then, available, too? Uh, I will have eight available, or buy my two or four. Tony wants me to have more stuff on, on, the, on the website, so that's where we're gonna, I'm not too stressed about it. And then my wife just told me she got tickets to the Yankee game. I got a Yankee game. I get for Father's Day in June. We're going to go to Yankee Stadium. Nice. And Dave, the Yankee Stadium wants proof of vaccination. So we're all squared away. So we're going to go see the Yankees play the Oakland A's on Father's Day. I'm That was like the best news I heard today. I was like, God damn, I love Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So... What is that? Basketball or football? Or get off my phone! I'm what does you matter with you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? This is a complete outrage. You are a, a mental bunch patient. of circle jerkers. Is what yeah. they are. All of you get just get you know. The, I want what I really want to do really bad, and now the the Knicks are doing so well. I went to Madison Square Garden. I'm dying to go see a Knicks game, a basketball game, because being in Madison Square Garden is just just the best New York experience of all time. So mm. maybe we'll see. Maybe next year if the Knicks Knicks are doing really well now, so it's impossible to get tickets, but and then that they're not, you know, they're not packing it, so there's probably like half the it's very hard to get into. But hopefully if they suck next year I can go go see the Knicks next year. Nice. That's sure. a nice Father's Day present that. Oh. I've, I've been I've been dropping hints because it's Father's our Mother's Day is different. Our Mother's Day is different here than it is in the States. But you just said June for Father's Day and it's the same here. So I've been I've been dropping hints to Amy saying 
the new house, it would be nice to have a nice Traeger there. You know, so we could we could smoke some meats oh. and things like that. And, Excuse but I'm, me. I'm sort of getting her on board, you know, getting her on board slowly. Excuse me. I follow you on Twitter, and you ask the world what, <laughs> if you should get a green egg or a fucking Traeger. You didn't hint. You asked the world what should I get. I'm not very subtle, I'll be honest with you. I'm no, not you're very not. Subtle. <laughs> what, should I, I said, what should I get? A Komodo, a little green egg, or a, or a Traeger? And all of a sudden, you're dropping hints to your wife? What, is she not on Twitter? <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, anyway. <laughs> my dream for the week. Um, it's a Traeger. Amy, if you're listening, <laughs> you'd make my Maybe week. you should have her call the show. You can talk to her. I'll get her to, you get her to call the show. I will get her. I will drop as many hints as possible. Next uh, week, have her call in. We'll talk, to, we'll talk to your children's mom, and then we'll get her to get you a Traeger. I, I don't trust you. Uh, we've had mums calling in and you're flirting. So, no, I'm not having my wife calling in. I flirt with your wife. I want to get you that trigger, though. Uh, my dream for the week. So, I've got um, tomorrow's my last day here because uh, we leave Sunday afternoon. Um, I've got a bunch of knives that I need to sharpen, which I'm taking back to the UK. Um, so, yeah, it's when normally the day before we head back, it's like heads down we're all working like crazy we leave the house in a mess and it, it's terrible but this time we're, we're pretty much in order so i've got maybe about two hours of sharpening tomorrow morning to do um and then get some rest because we'll be driving through the night on sunday so oh, so right. it's all good so i'm hoping yeah i'm hoping for an uneventful trip over um as i said at the top of the show i've had to have a, a covid test so we've got to have a bunch of paperwork we now need to take with us to get into the uk um but you know we're all good um, and that's it. So I'm just hoping, yeah, uneventful trip. That's that would that would be nice. Did your kids Not, have to get tested? No, no. I mean, they're only two, so you know, it would be impossible. It would be impossible to do it. Oh, really can you impossible. imagine holding them down for that? Oh, my oh it would God, be. Oh, can you just imagine? No, it wouldn't be. Oh. Good. It wouldn't be good. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my week, really. Um, and I'm self isolating back in the UK. Um, so I've got three weeks where I can't really, you know, I won't have a, a shop there. I won't be able to do any sort of, uh, you know, physical work, I suppose. So yeah, the, uh, the go chop book will be, um, starting in earnest next week as well. So, so I should be getting a lot of whip cracking te texts. You'll be cracking the yeah, whip on I, me for 10, for 10 days. No, that, I'm talking like eight or 10 images. Not, not crazy. Oh. You know, it's, it's, it's not crazy. No, you, it's fine. You crack the, how those coming, how those coming along. Huh? Don't worry. I'm with you. <laughs> But I think that's a show. We are, we are what? Hour and 43 minutes in. Um, thank you to everybody in the chat. Um, we've had some really good people uh, coming to. Uh, Murray Knives says, a smoker barbecue pizza. Easy days. You know, we need to do that again, don't we? Um, some sort of cookery thing. And I, I'm sorry, I, I hadn't looked at the chat for a few minutes. Now I've got people saying, get the green egg. And I've got other people saying, get the Camado. Um, yeah. Who knows? But is the green egg that versatile? Well, it's it's it works almost like a like a like a pizza oven because it's got this big dome and it and because it's really thick ceramic, it'll keep the heat in. So it works more like an oven as opposed to a grill. Um, so you can grill on it, but you can also sort of bake and you can you know right. slow do stuff. Um, but I'm thinking more along the lines of Traeger because it's got Wi-Fi and it's cool. <laughs> you know, like automatic pellet feeder or something like that, that yeah yeah and it, you know you can smoke at really low temperatures you know for you can put something in for six hours and you know and it and that kind of thing so it's a good idea 
Yeah, that's a good idea. So anyway, thank to everybody in the chat. Um, it's always good to, you know, interact with everybody. Um, thank you to Mrs. Stark um, for calling. Um, yeah, I think that's a show. That's a show. We shall. If if you haven't already subscribed to us on on YouTube or for the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening to, please do that and give us a review, give us a comment or something. It always helps, um, and it's always good for us to know, you know, to hear from you guys as well what you think of the show. So thank you very much for listening, and we shall speak to you all again very very soon. This show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers. That was good. That was a really good show. Another pint. Yeah, I'm so glad Ben's mom stuff. called. That yes. it would have ruined the bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would have. You can't. I felt bad for bringing it up, and I was just like, if he can make it happen, it would be great, and it really was great. I need to find a way so my screen can be shown on the screen on you know on your screen as well. So I, said, I said this last week. It's just really awkward me chatting away to them, and you guys are just sitting there going, "What the hell's going on?" But um. Yeah, there must be a way. And if anybody knows who's listening, how could I share my screen to? I mean, we're using Restream for this, but there must be must be. I mean, a you're doing about as much as you can do. I mean, you know, there's not a if whole lot more you can do. A button press, it's easy enough. S- sorry, yeah, you were asking what I'm drinking. Um, Elvis juice. Um, it's really, really good. So it's, <laughs> Elvis so it's, juice. So it's an IPA, <laughs> but it's got it's really grapefruit. It's, it's grapefruit infused, and it's quite, um, you know, sharp. It's really good. I want to thank you. It's like like a cider. Mm. It's an IPA, so it's a beer. Oh. Um, but yeah, there's just lots of grapefruit in it, and uh, and you know a lot of IPAs okay. have sort of grapefruit and passion fruit flavors because the yeast. Sure. But this, they've actually infused it with grapefruit as well, so it's it's got a real right. sort of puckering sharpness to it. It's good. It's good I have stuff. to thank you, Craig, because on our twentieth uh, anniversary uh, Wednesday night, Hillary wanted to have some. Sh- I wanted to have champagne. I like champagne. And she's like, well, I want Aperol spritzes. Now you got me hooked. <laughs> so we had Aperol spritzes on it Wednesday. It was so good. I was like, oh, Craig nice. Lockwood, you made our made our our anniversary that much better with that trick. It's good stuff. You need Fucking the watermelon good. ice cubes now when you're away. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, the ice doesn't melt that fat. I mean, we're <laughs> the shit is drunk before the ice cubes have a chance to melt. That's a good idea. <laughs> Um, Amy, my wife, hasn't been drinking for, well, a couple of weeks now. She just wants to, you know, not drink for a while and sort of detox kind of thing. And um, she's been drinking non-alcoholic wine. And she said, oh, it's it's just the same. It's exactly the same. Gee, I tasted that. and It's not the same. It's not the same. It's just pure sugar. So you end up getting a hangover from it. Just the sugar rush. Right. It's just, oh, it's not. It's not. Good. I have. I've never. We've been drinking a lot of kombucha, which has been really good. And then now I've been drinking a lot of uh, tea, dandelion tea. And actually, I'm surprised that I don't mind. I, so, like, I drink it like twice a day, like green teas and we have these liver teas. And I, I'm surprised that I like, I have one in the morning and I have one for lunch and I, I feel a lot better. Liver tea, did you say? Well, not, not liver flavored. It's for your liver. It's like some Chinese. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, like, it's not like foie gras tea. It's like, uh, you know, especially, you know, dandelion's supposed to be really good for your kidneys and your liver. So I've been drinking the dandelion tea, which has been great. Um, 
But uh, yeah, oh, I have a, uh, I have some pretty sweet news. I, I can finally say that, you know, a number of months ago, I was, or a number of weeks ago, I don't remember how I was. I talked about all the specimens I sent out, and you guys were making jokes, and I didn't <laughs> pick up on the fact that it was not, you know. So I can finally announce that I'm going to be one of the instructors for the Center for Metal Arts in 2022. Right. So uh, Pat Quinn had done, uh, he had basically called out, he's looking for new classes, like a lot of short classes. They have a lot of long classes, but they wanted some short weekend classes to fill in too. And he wanted people to pitch ideas. So I pitched the idea to do uh, friction folders. And the hmm. friction folders are totally different from what a lot of people are doing. And, and I just got involved with, you know, doing these subway subway tokens that I love because the, the pentagram hole is perfect for the outside and then all of a sudden you're telling a story and then I was talk, telling talk to him, him about it and he says you know we have this lift that goes up and down our, our town in Johnstown and we have they make tokens with these holes so he sent the tokens so we're going to do this kind of Johnstown friction folder and uh, I was shitting bricks for weeks because I sent him the copy and he wrote, finally wrote me and he wrote me a, like a couple of weeks after I got it I was thinking he was just going to be like yeah this isn't up to he's like I love it so I'm super pumped so we're uh, they're not on the classes aren't on sale. I don't know whenever the Center for Metal Arts does it, but I'm really it's a incredibly it's an incredible honor. It's an incredible cool. honor to be down there. That's great. I'm Is really this the excited. the folding knife that you you shared a picture of a while back, where it's almost like a taco style. Yes, handle, yes. Wrapped, so yeah. it's like it's different from what a lot of people do, and I really wanted to do something that was you know not just like. A complete copy of what other people are doing so the shape is based on some stuff that i've done in the past and then the kind of connections are different it's really kind of the the in this one the letter i you know i really call it the lever and i make the transition between the lever and the blade almost more like a t so like the forging is very very like it's a very very you know forge transition that you really couldn't do stock removal and it's it's just cool it's cool and he likes it and cool. we like the story and it was really it's an honor it's a it's an incredible honor and pat's been you know super exciting and it's been great uh, oh, rainy day forge finally i'm gonna say all right can iron these guys are up in canada have been doing can iron can iron has been around for quite a long time and i know rainy day forge and the abstract blacksmith have been talking about can iron can iron is doing a lot of good things up in canada and everybody should be checking out can iron can iron i'm actually uh, going to be part of that oh good would tell us about it what are you going to do uh we haven't gotten it super solidly down but i'm going to be talking damascus basically that's what i'm that's what i know best are they bringing you up so, or are you is going to be virtual or it's gonna be virtual. It's gonna be all online. It's gonna actually. They're using Hopin, the same thing that. Um, oh yeah, the Dama Steel uh, thing. The Dama Steel thing was hosted through. So, uh, I'll go in and I'll talk about Damascus, in some way, shape, or form, and it should be good. Very good. So everybody, go follow Rainy Day Forge and Abstract Blacksmith. Abstract Blacksmith breaks my balls often. <laughs> He's a needy guy but i'm totally with on board with can iron it's true my dms is like you know i'm with you guys i'm with rainy day forge and abstract blacksmith go support can iron yeah cool there you go cool. you were so talking is, about going up to oh jeff you were talking about going up to madison square garden have you been in the city lately like what is it like to walk around there because i know well, you can walk up there from uh union square right you can definitely walk. They, they've just this past week, this past week, um, 
they stopped a mandatory mask wearing. So now we're in this, you know, they're opening wow. the city back up. So like, you don't have to wear masks. It is interesting talking to like, I talked to Jesse's up in Vermont. They still haven't gotten vaccines for his, for his age range, which is crazy. Cause now we're in New York, we're down to like 12 and under can get the vaccine. So New York now is like closer to being, they're trying to do this thing where they're trying to figure out ways in which to do the honor system. They're not going to like, you know, if you're, if you haven't been vaccinated, wear a mask. There's a lot of stores are just saying, look, I know that the city is saying don't wear masks, but if you're, if you're not vaccinated, please wear a mask. You can't really make people do that stuff. But, you know, apparently everything's as getting back to normal as possible. And I think it's, I think it's positive. We're, we're, we got invited to a party this weekend and everyone's been vaccinated. So we're going to go. I was kind of hoping it was supposed to be just the women, the wives and girlfriends. And I just got a message saying husbands are invited. I'm just like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> Don't want to go, but I kind of, they're not listening to this. Don't worry about it's that. A, it's amazing to me how everywhere is so different around the world, you know, where, you know, there are different stages. So like here in France, just this week, we, our curfew has been lifted to now to 9 p.m. So we can now be out of the house after, it was 7 p.m. But 9 p.m., we need to be back in the house, doors locked, all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, it's still, you know, masks everywhere. Um, you know, I think non-essential shops opened this week um, for the first time. Um, but, you know, you still can't go into restaurants and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was reading earlier about Spain. So Spain, they've done terribly. You know, terribly. The, the, nobody terribly. can get vaccines. Um, the, the, you know, the rates are really high. It's really bad. But they just announced today that anybody can go there on holiday. Um, you don't have to have any sort of vaccine. They're inviting anybody into the country because, you know, tourism is such a big part of, you know, of their income. But it's just, I don't know, it's just it's completely different thinking to everybody else, you know? It's scary. I had I had a visitor this week, a friend of mine, who is an executive at Pfizer. And he stopped mm. by. He's been working at home for 14 months. And he stopped in because he just he was going crazy. He just he stopped in. We just started talking for a while. He's not a scientist. He's an executive. Great guy. And we were talking about the Pfizer vaccine. And he says, I've been working for Pfizer for a long time. He's like, this is the first time I felt really good about working for a pharmaceutical company. He's just an old artist. And mm-hmm. he's just like, I finally feel like we've done something of value. It's not just nice to him. He, well, how is it? You know, what's he's like, well, Pfizer's been great. <laughs> You know, if you're an employee of Pfizer, you were able to get, you and your family were able to get the vaccine early. Like when, what, 60 and 70 uh, was getting the vaccine, you could, if you and your family wanted to come in to get vaccinated, you could early. And I said, well, what do you say to the people who were saying that, you know, the vaccine is like a trick, it's like a poison, it's like a, he's like, well, number one, why would they let their, why would they, you know, why would they encourage their all their employees to come in and get vaccinated. I mean, that's just like number one. It's like if it's a grand plan to kill people, why would you have all your fucking own people come get it? And he says number two is the whole the he said the two is is the microchip thing is stupid because we wish we could do that kind of technology. We're nowhere close to tripping anybody. He's like that is like he's like trust me, if we <laughs> yeah. could do that technology, yeah. it would have been unbelievable. He's like we, we don't, there's no technology to slip chips into your fucking tiny needles. It was really interesting hearing from someone, and he goes and he goes he's like it's crazy. People just want to have a story. It's great. It was really really interesting. Yeah. 
It is crazy, the whole, you know, Bill Gates is going to put a chip in you. And um, Can we mention Bill Gates now? Is he cancelled or is he... Uh... <laughs> he's he's going he's gonna to be on He's gonna be on Raya, get himself a girlfriend. You know about Raya? What is Raya? What's, Do you know no, what Raya is? Raya is like a dating site for famous people. Mm. So you have to like... You have like that's where Ben Affleck goes, right? Okay, but you you because you know can't go on like Match.com. They've they got nowhere else to go to, yeah, do all this for them. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, Epstein's gone though. So I guess Raya is you have to be. They should have called the Epstein, like, shouldn't they? Really, they really should have. I'm sure there is one. I'm sure there is one. And paying Bitcoin, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so so yeah, Bill Gates is—he's gonna get himself some—he's gonna get himself some ass, yeah. <laughs> any kind of ass he wants. Jeez. Uh, I think yeah, I think we're done, aren't we? That's we, we've gone nearly two hours this week. This show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.